Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bromwich, John Rojas talking New York City FC, U.S. Men's National Team, and MLS Club Playoffs. Boys, welcome into tonight's episode. A lot to get to. We're going to start with the U.S. National Team and work our way backwards. We'll then get into all the first-round playoff matchups, and then close and focus in heavily on New York City and their playoff matchup. But, Glenn, we begin with the U.S. national team. So we just book our ticket to the finals? We're going to the World Cup. 6-2 win over Panama. The second-youngest squad in U.S. history. Three players under 21, all score goals. U.S. down 1-0 early to Panama. They bounce back a Big match, six goals, and of course the NYCFC product Gio Reyna got things started with the free kick goal to equalize 1-1. Uh, I guess first, just your overall thoughts. This was a, a U.S. team that heavily features a lot of young guys that play internationally, as we talked about uh, just before we went on the air. Sebastian Legette, the only player with MLS or on a current MLS roster with this group, but this is a, a young, exciting team. They uh, have guys that play for some of the biggest clubs around the world. So I know there were a lot of fans just intrigued to see, number one, how they would do together playing on the international level for the first time. And they came out and, you know, obviously Panama, not uh, the most dynamic and greatest team in the world. They're not Brazil. They're not Germany. They're not uh, you know Argentina. But the U.S. put up six and the young kids got it done today. Yeah, scored some goals. I, I, I feel pretty much the same way after uh, after the Wales match. And I think what you saw is some progress as a team, which makes sense. They've been in camp a little bit longer, uh, only made four changes. Uh, you know, the only the only area that's been a little suspect is at the back. And, uh, you know, it was Tim Ream and Matt Miazga today running up the middle, and they were certainly uh, at least uh, in some ways culpable on, on the opening goal. But, uh, but outside of that, you know, you're seeing very encouraging individual performances. Uh, I, I think the, I think the thing I would say more than anything about why it's, I think it's okay to be excited about what's going on. And uh, yeah, the level of opponent uh, was just okay. But you've got um, you've got a bunch of young guys who are, are who are expressing themselves and uh, we uh, in my time watching the US men's national team i've never seen so many players capable and willing to express themselves so um, as things move forward and as uh, you know the competition becomes a little bit more difficult uh, the games become real uh, then you know that's that's where you're really going to 
find some things. But Weston McKinney, who I, I wonder, you know, the first game I thought he was pretty good. I think he I even saw more leadership qualities in him today. But uh, but I'll I'll leave it up uh, for the roundtable here to to go around and uh, everybody talk about it. But and Gio Reno scoring Gio Reno scoring on a free kick is not unusual. He is a uh, he's an absolute specialist in that area. He's he's unbelievable. Even though he sailed the second one, but uh, you know. <laughs> It, the, the thing is, is he's, uh, that's, you know, he, he does a lot of good things, but one of his bailiwicks is free kicks. Roberto, who stood out to you? Um, I would, it, it's hard to pick an individual today. I mean, even though you've got uh, a couple of guys who scored uh, two goals, uh, Giacchini scored a couple, Soto scored a couple. Uh, the, the one thing that stood out to me, you know, and, and this being somebody who, um, you know, has been covering NYCFC for since 2015 in their inception uh, and the dearth of headed goals that we see for New York City FC. <laughs> then you see the U.S. national team today score four headed goals. And that sort of stood out to me today, just in a little bit of an aside and bringing it back home to to this being an NYCFC centric podcast. Um I really like the way the team plays in general. I like the way that they move the ball. I like the way that, uh, as Glenn said, they were allowed to express themselves. I saw a lot of flair on the field, trying to beat guys one-on-one and then moving the ball around quickly, passing the ball around well, finding open guys, creating situations, driving to the line, bringing the ball back. There was a variety of ways, especially in the first half, that the team was looking to attack. Second half, it didn't look as... It didn't look the same, and they wound up scoring more goals just by crossing the ball into the middle and and getting open headers. So, but the difference of the way the team played against Wales and the way they played against Panama is the difference of having a number nine. And this got nothing against Conrad de la Fuente, but I mean that's not really his position. And so now you you played with two guys who are you know real number nine. And uh, Joachini scored a couple of goals uh, just by one of them being exactly at the right place at the right time on a rebound. Uh, then um, being in the middle of the box for a second header after the Matt Miazga header. And then you had Soto being in the right place at the right time with, uh, with, two, with two-headed goals and creating opportunities. It was nice to see all the young players and show all the talent that they have. And it, it bodes very, very well. And also when you have this sort of youth that you're able to press high for a lot longer because you have a lot more energy and you're probably in better physical shape. So that works out as well. Um, nice to see. You know, in uh, this year where so much has gone wrong in, in the world in general, just for U.S. soccer fans to be able to see this team play the way that it played and uh, especially today and get all those goals, you know, that, that's a really nice feeling for, for a lot of people. Put a smile on people's faces and uh, it's a good way to uh, – it's not going to end the year because they have one more game. Uh, it looks like it's going to be December 9th against El Salvador, someplace in the United States. But uh, it was nice to see the way the team played and, and do as well as they did. John Rojas, your thoughts? Um, uh, John likes to be introduced, you know. You can't oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is I'm John not. Rojas, everybody. <laughs> He's our tactical expert. Listen, and expert. I'm, I'm not stepping on Go ahead, expert. Just for the get-go. Um, Glenn, uh, did the team change the shape, the starting shape, 
between the game against uh, Gales and, and this one, Wales and this one? Well, the, I think definitely because there was a high player. There was a player playing uh, along the last line, you know, pretty exclusively to not only apply pressure defensively, but be, you know, be somewhat of a target or an outlet. Yeah, so that was the biggest thing I noted. For me, this game against Panama, I saw movement, connections, and actually resolves well, goals in this case. Uh, proper to a four, uh, two, three, one, mm -hmm. and I think that is the shade that uh, fits the most to this group. You know, the group that it, that is that was until today in camp. Right, because okay? eventually uh, we have to start uh, wondering when other players are there. Yeah, the uh, you know what it'll be, but yeah. Well, don't ruin my follow-up question, Glenn. Totally, because <laughs> the thing is that. And we kind of text about it during uh, the game against uh, uh, Wales. You did not see Musa having the space and the one v one that he could find today. And in some moments, he stepped and bumped into spaces that Gio wanted to occupy. And if you add that to the fact that you didn't have a number nine, then... You know, you had that kind of congestion and the build up and not enough presence on the box. Even though I understand the idea in the first game was to uh, not being in the box, but coming into the box, the presence in the 4-3-2-1 and the 4-2-3-1 is, is, is a lot better and it helps a lot more. Hey, if, you know, based on that, you know, just referring to a recent. Uh, Ronnie Dyla interview when he talked about Tati Castellanos. He said he sat down and had a meeting with him uh, a month or two ago. Uh, and uh, the biggest message, other than uh, committing silly fouls, was to get himself into the area earlier, you know, to be a striker, to be a number nine. So that's what these guys were today. I mean, right. you know, Soto's goal and uh, Joe Akini. Right. Joe Akini. But, uh, you know, their two headed goals were just. You know, massive striker goals. You know? Number nine goals. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm you know, uh, risking here to, to read too much into that conversation with, uh, with Ronnie that you said. More than getting on time on the box is don't get out of the box. That's your job. Right. right. Stay on the – I want you 99% of the time in the box. You're the guy who has to put it on the back of the net, period. Right, because he wants to help all the time. He wants to go out and help. And, uh, but when you're doing that, then you're losing the target person in the box. And you've got to trust your teammates to be able to do their job so you can do your job, which is get the ball in the back of the net and be in the right position to do that. You know, there's there's a real, and there's a really nice, easy reference point on the pitch for strikers to dictate it to him. That 18-yard that box is 44 yards wide and just draw imaginary lines extended from end to end, and he, and he doesn't want him outside those that area. You, 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 know, you do okay. that on training. Yeah, stay there. You don't. You every time you get out there, you are penalized in training. <laughs> <laughs> What's the penalty, John? Well, it all depends. It can okay. be running. It can Take be lap. money. It can be you know cleaning the cleats. Whatever it is. John, go, uh, I mean, Tom, going back to his quarterbacking days, you know, take a lap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. a lot of laps. Push-ups, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever you don't like. So you, in your mind, 
have the click, you know, make the click of, I don't want that to happen to me, so I'm not moving. Glenn, you mentioned McKinney stood out to you in terms of leadership. Uh, who else uh, kind of shined today for you out on the field? Well, I, I think the midfield was, you know, between uh, uh, Adams and uh, Musa and McKinney. I mean, uh, and John talked about Musa having a little bit more freedom. And now everything you're seeing on social media is, you know, get this guy cap tied, get this guy cap tied. I don't necessarily disagree because he's a he's got a personality and a and a um and the tools that uh, you know he's got more tools in that area than than we've seen I think too you know what is he eighteen he's eighteen yeah but you need to do that you need to give him the freedom yes those spaces yes. because the way he play against uh uh Wales it, it was you know for him you saw him I mean you saw him trying to find spaces, but at the same time, trying to be uh, tactically obedient is, is hard. But he know? still stood out. I mean, he, no. he, you don't think, uh, see, I, I liked him a lot. I liked him. Not, maybe not One for you. One thing is uh, liking like... him. Another thing is he stood out. Okay. Well, to me, he was a player who stood out. I mean, first of all, I'd never seen him play before. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't, that's, I don't that's, watch... the, that's the first point because he is a wider player. He plays okay. outside. He plays outside for when he plays for Valencia. But the but over here, I mean, he was just imposing in, in that game. I mean, he say he, he continued to win balls. He continued to set other people up uh, to put them in you know put put them in position as well. I mean, and one of the things that I like, I mean, this guy plays with an absolute smile on his face. He entire time and that sort of energy and that that way of playing and i mean and it's literally a smile on his face and there's a smile in his game you know okay? how to call that it's contagious it's contagious you know how to call that what do you call it in colombia no anywhere youthful. Okay. <laughs> it's youthful look at adams look at mckinney look at reina they're all playing laughing and having fun even reina i remember that he had a Probably the, the the set piece that he actually put, you know, like way out. Yeah, and, and they were laughing to each other. Like, what the heck I'm doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, but he it's had this permanently when other players didn't have it. Not in this camp. Most of this camp, you saw them. Serginho Des is just every single time trying to, you know, to do his best in terms of I got a little space. Let me try this. Yeah. You know, oh, let me hide the ball this that. way. Let me put it on this. Let me have my three fingers. Let me have my. It's every time. It's just that that dude is the real deal. Yeah, it's he is. So hard I know. To see him. He, yes. He, he's the real deal. And now you you know that's one of the debates now is uh you know he played on the left today played on the right he's a little more comfortable on the right I mean he can do you know he, I think he's going to provide better service on the right but he can play both sides obviously we saw that today. But I want him on the left. I'll tell you why I want him on the left. Okay. okay. You want I want him on the left because I want Reggie Cannon on the exactly. right. And I mean, it's no it's not even a contest. Reggie Cannon is the starter for the U.S. national team on the right side. You put Serginho Dest on the left where you don't lose a thing because uh, Robinson didn't do it. I'm not that much of a big fan of Yedlin. I think he's fine. I think he should be in camp. I think he should be part of the team, but he's not a starter. Reggie Cannon has been showing since probably even last year in Dallas and even the, the couple of games that he got this year. He, this kid's a real deal. And now you've got Reggie Cannon on that side and you've got Dest on the other side. 
And then in the middle, I mean, you, you still, I mean, you can still play with Ream there, but you, you've got to have Brooks. You miss Brooks today. You saw his presence the other day. And it's not only his presence in the area, but his presence bringing the ball out, making the right decisions with the ball, proper passes, good footwork when it comes to that. You know, you, you missed him today. If he's in the game, Panama doesn't get those two goals. I mean, nothing is settled. Right, Glenn? I mean, this is just, you know, test and test and test. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you need to do with this group and give them the chance to but that's a, play but that's a, Yeah, That's a difficult decision, though, because let's say yeah. that if Dest, if his best side is the right, if he's going to provide more for the team on the right, do you take one of your best players? He might even be the best player do you, and, and, and put them in on a side where they're a little less comfortable in favor of a Reggie Cannon. Who are the other candidates on the right? That's, we- the, that's, that's the thing, Glenn. I mean, in the whole picture, when you build in the roster, when you, you know, for a competition, because this is just, again, you use testing during this kind of, of, of friendlies. But if you build in the roster, what is the most important thing that you're looking for? Balance, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, so in, in Roberto's point, having Serginho on the left and having Cannon on the right is a lot more balance than having Serginho doing, you know, all the good things that he does on the on the right side, but no one to do it on the left. No, that's true. There's no well, balance there. I guess what I meant. Who are the left uh, back candidates? Anthony Robinson doesn't do it for me either. So no, with, with Robinson, I think you have the chance to at some point in the game play three on the back, right, and send this all the way up, and you have three on the back, and you don't need a substitution for that, right? Yeah. yeah. But but he himself. Providing the wide and the width of the left side, I don't think he's gonna do. If, if it was up to Roberto, Ben Sweat would be your starting left back. Oh. No, 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 no. That that, that ship sailed. <laughs> that ship okay. sailed a long time ago. Well, let me ask you guys this. So we were, we started to get into it a minute ago, but you know the one thing that was absent from this current team is MLS veteran players that we're used to seeing with the U.S. squad, uh, minus Legit, like we talked about, who got in and got a nice headed goal today. So it's this this current group, very young, international, a lot of upside uh, versus the group that's back home currently taking part in MLS playoffs. And this is a group that will probably get a chance to come together, the, the group here in the U.S. right now, sometime in December. It looks like there's going to be another game. But I guess, uh, Roberto, ultimately, do you think this will be, uh, when, we find, when we look ahead toward the World Cup, a mix of these young kids with a lot of potential and some of these MLS veterans, or you just focus on the youth movement right now. And, and not just MLS veterans either. Mark McKenzie's not an MLS. Yeah. Veteran. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, I guess maybe more of a, a mix of the, the guys playing in MLS versus the international roster. Maybe you look at it that way. I think that when you look at the, when you look at the U.S. national team now, it, it's much much harder for MLS players to get starting to get into the starting lineup because now you've got really good talent that's playing in really good teams. It's not like it used to be even four years ago where you had American talent, but they were sitting on the bench rotting away for some teams and uh, or playing in you know second division England and Germany, etc. Now you've got them literally starting you know, i mean you've got starters for barcelona you've got starters for chelsea you have starters for borussia dortmund i mean, we've never had this before i mean th- this is totally different level so 
when, when you look at MLS, there's going to be a lot of depth that's going to come out of MLS that's going to help. And there's going to be maybe one, two stars. I mean, I still think that your best striker is Josie Altidore. I still think that that's where you're going to wind up going is Josie Altidore. After that, you know, then it becomes a little bit, uh, a little bit harder. J- John is, uh, no, but I like, you know, what? on the podcast, but no, we should talk about Josie because I, I, I tell you what, the thing I liked most about the game today by far is the pace of the, is the speed of play is with the tempo. Uh, I mean, it would, they played fast and that doesn't mean they just ran fast. That means the ball moved. Fast. I mean, it, that tempo and sometimes Altidore, has a tendency to slow the tempo down. He, I mean, he may very well be our best striker right now, but uh, because if he could stay healthy, these other guys are completely untested. You know, really on the international yeah. level. I mean, it's so we, yeah. we don't know what we, we're going to get yet. To your point, there's one thing that I'm seeing with this guys, with the group of guys, this generation, you want to call it, is going to be more. Uh, I don't know if the right word is diminished, but it's going to be less and less at most of the times and little by little. And that is the physical confrontation, the physical aspect of the game. These guys are not interested on that because they have so much talent. They are strong. Don't, you know, get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not strong. They are. But they understand that with the ball on their feet and on the space, they're better than body against body. Right, mm-hmm. so you're gonna lose that kind of game, and in that kind of sense, and the game, if you want to provide that environment for these guys to flourish, then you're gonna start losing that kind of game. I'm not gonna divide a ball because Josh is gonna win it for me. That's one concept. With these guys, I'm gonna pull the ball in this space because you're gonna, you know, have players who are gonna run and win it on the space like Mosa. Or I'm going to have it on my feet because a one-two combination between McKinney and Reina is going to put the number nine right on the place to finish, right? So that is the kind of concept that I think is drifting away from the style. Now, we need to cool and, down. And that's around, but that's around the world. I mean, you don't have the, you don't have the six, not as much. You don't have the six-foot-three strong post-up striker. You know, it's everybody's running now. Yeah. But it's yeah. only running. It's just the talent on their feet. Yeah. You know, yeah. See, see Serginho does. I mean, he is just, you know, he has a 1v1 and he wants the ball to not make the opposition. He wants many other elements on his game are not the physical confrontation. And, you, and you are, you're talking about, a, you know, a, a wider player that usually sometimes is just get the opposition against the line and you win. Well, and I think to be fair, though, everybody on the German roster is at least six three. I think that's a rule. <laughs> I think you, I think there's You're a minimum height requirement. It's, st- it's a it's a mandatory, I believe, <laughs> the way that uh, that goes. Yeah. Only Mesut so Ozil was uh, th- there was an asterisk for him. Yeah. So in that sense, and and I was and I was saying we need to cool down a little bit. I mean, these guys are awesome, all of them, right? But one thing is having so much talent on a man by man basics. And having a team. Right. And one thing is having a team for one game or two games or three games or a long-term competition like uh, World Cup qualifications that you can, you know, call different players for every time you play than a small competition World Cup fight that you have everybody on there and you're playing every three days, right? So you need a little bit mix of experience and these young guys. But that experience that can be 
I wouldn't say a core, but a, but yes, a, a line in which you have experience in every line of the of the of the field has to be. They have they have to be real uh, handpicked. Okay, I don't think that anybody. I'm sorry, but anybody that has played until today in an international competition with the U.S. men national team has their name secure on the roster for next competitions. They did not give any team to the United States. We don't have a trophy with them. Yeah, no, no, I don't think anybody's got one okay. secured either. I'm not, so I'm not even saying I don't saying care that. the last names. No, no, I get that. I get that. I fully, you know fully get that. But, but I still don't think Dest is earnest. You don't think he's a lock? Who? Dest, that he's, a, he's not a lock on either the right or the uh, left? No, yeah, but I'm saying be, between the experienced guys. Oh, I'm talking okay. about experienced guys. I mean, these, uh, the, the Bradleys of the guys, world, the Michael Bradleys okay. of the world. Not only him. I mean, Joshi, Bradley, whoever. I mean, even, yeah. even you know, I mean, those guys gave a lot in terms of maybe effort and sacrifice that put us nowhere on the world stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 show, they had their time More to likely shine, and that... some of them did great in, 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 in parts, for sure. But, I mean, the U.S. national team hasn't been, I mean, shining recently. I mean, we've fallen, uh, the U.S. has fallen a step behind yeah, Mexico, but part of that at is... least, well, but now we'll see, because after looking at this team, you know, it gives you hope that maybe that's not the case, and Mexico the... has uh, taken a step back, even don't though forget. they beat South yeah, Korea not... 3-1. Not concerned about Mexico, concerned about yeah, exactly. the CONCACAF region on the road. And the one thing yeah. I would say about the 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 added, these boys, these young boys, I just have the feeling that they're not going to fail as miserably on the road as uh, that last veteran group, you know, and it's going to be a blend. There's no question it's going to be a blend, but I just yeah, think they have the... I could be wrong, you know. It, you know, maybe they get down there and they freak out. But I just well, no, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Here's the difference, though. Okay, it's different playing on a perfectly manicured field, you know, in 50 degree temperatures in Europe, or playing even on any MLS stadium that's a, that isn't in terrible heat, and then playing in Costa Rica, in Honduras, in Panama in El Salvador, possibly, right, or Guatemala, where the temperatures are going to be 95 degrees, 95% humidity on fields that aren't very, very good. The big advantage that they might have next year, and that depends on COVID, if they're not allowing fans into the games, and then you don't have that negative atmosphere against you, but you still have to deal with the heat, the humidity, and the poor fields, the refereeing that is suspect yeah, yeah. at times, and, point, and a and lot more is- physical play. Point being, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be harder. Playing in Central America is extremely, extremely hard. So why and I don't think that a lot of people, I think, I, I think people in the, in the United States understand it. I don't think people like in Europe understand the difficulties of playing in Latin America. And but yeah, what's the point? So you're saying that I'm just saying it's going to be harder. No, I'm not saying that it's going to be a better roster. I'm just saying that it's diff- It's going to be different. And uh, I'm. I'm just saying it's different. It's not going to be what it was today, and we shouldn't expect that. It, it's going to be a lot harder and a lot different. Okay, Wales may be a better team than than Honduras. Okay, even though this Wales team wasn't, uh, you know, the the A1 Wales team, but it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to play that to, to play Honduras in uh, San Pedro Sula than it is to play Wales in a friendly in uh, in at where Swansea plays. Just, but they all know the that. Even they all know that. 
Every single player knows that. Every player does. Not every fan knows that. Every fan has this mentality that everything in Europe is better than everything here. And that we should that the United States, if they have decent players that are playing in Europe, should just walk in to any one of those places and then win easily. And it's never been the case. So you're saying none of the players will be wearing gloves uh, in Latin America for the games. Like, were there some gloves out today in Austria? Oh, yeah. Of mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of gloves. Uh, but, hey, listen, that's that's why you want the 18 year olds playing, man. They're not going to be affected by the heat and humidity. They're 18 not, years not- old. Nor the people. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. No, it's, um, I think that's a, that's a good but trademark of this group. But it's actually again, a real, you know. Glenn, it's actually a real tough challenge for Berhalter. You know? Oh, He's yeah. Actually, he is actually in the hot seat right now in terms of he probably have the most tools and the most talented group in, you know, a big chunk of years. And he has to make them look like a team, which is really hard because he has no time to work with them on a consistent basis. But he has to. There's no choice. I think, but the heat also is on you know who he chooses to be in his eleven uh, at the end of the day. I mean, if he, if Michael Bradley right. is sitting at holding midfield, I'm telling you, people will erupt. But you know, you had to he, bet right now, Bradley or Adams. Adams. Oh my God. Close. That's like a knockout right now. I mean, no disrespect to Michael Bradley. Keep coming with names. It ain't close. We knocked them down. Keep coming with names. (laughs) (laughs) You have Pulisic on the left. You have Reyna on the right. So here's the other thing we we haven't talked about. Christian Pulisic wasn't part of this, uh, any of these two games. Okay. And you have to add, hopefully, if he can stay healthy, which has been an issue with him, you add him to this mix. And let's understand this. Okay. He's the best American player. Yeah. And it's fine. I mean, it, and if, and if your experienced guy, you better than is Jordan Morris, I think we're all fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring up Jordan Morris because. Yeah. You asked me that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. John and I texted <laughs> about it last week because, you know, when that, when that guy's healthy and he's really developed. He's developed, and when he's healthy, I mean, he's he's pretty much unstoppable in the major league soccer realm now. You yeah. know, um, and that's the kind of players that make this group better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, yeah, it was fun. It was fun watching these last two games. It's just it, too bad we're in you know we're in this difficult situation and we're we're not going to get the same amount of looks. But uh, we get a December friendly. Against El Salvador, I guess, you know. Now, and Glenn, again, you know, we need to cool down and wait and give the guys time to develop themselves because they're very young. And then, as always happens with, with, with soccer world, uh, you start your uh, World Cup qualification and, and the next month you have players that are injured, uh, switching yeah. teams, uh, coaches that don't trust them. That kind of stuff affects, right? Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, if you go through this process with the young guys, with the young core, and things don't work out, nobody's going to kill you. But if you go with the old guard and things don't work out, you're not working anymore in soccer. <laughs> you know, when this is not a, a novel idea or thought, but, um, you know, I, I think we may have even talked about this, but... 
Wouldn't it be smarter for U.S. soccer and Greg Berhalter to look towards the 2026 World Cup and not 2022? Yes, you need to qualify, but let these young guys make their errors, get their experience, um, put them out there, and then four years later, and then they're still and they're playing for all these. You know, a lot of them are playing for big clubs. Uh, now you've got a team. Maybe they are competing for a quarterfinal berth or or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, I think you got to go. You, you you basically have to. I don't think you can overlook 2022. 20, uh, 20, you can't. I think overlook you can. It. I, I, I don't think. Where's, where's 2026 World Cup being played? Any idea? Mexico. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's put on the 2026 talk till at least. 2024. So let's give ourselves some time to focus on this upcoming World no, Cup. No, no, because I think you, I think you can, you play to younger players at 22, man, and get They're them playing ready. right now. They're playing right now. No, but I mean, I know when it comes mean. to qualifying in the actual World Cup. I, gosh, I'm just but, a. But Glenn, you have you you have for that next year. I mean, you have the Olympics. Yeah. You have the gold. Well, that's Cup. another topic, but we're not going to do that. I guess that was okay. it. Yes. Who is Christ going to have? You know, he's sitting on the bench watching all this going like, holy. Yeah. <laughs> pretty I, all these players. I think Jason Christ is looking at machine guns everywhere. And then somebody's <laughs> going to hand him a water pistol. I say, sorry, this is the only thing that we have for you. Uh, because it's teams aren't uh, obligated yeah. to release players for the qualifiers. Right. I mean, they're obligated for the for, for the Olympics, but not for the qualifiers. So the team. So, I mean, we the t- talent wise. The team that is going to go on, I believe the qualifying is still going to be in Mexico. It was at least it used to. It was scheduled for Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a team that should have basically run rampant. OK, for that U23 team. But uh, I, I would think that if we could get half the players that we saw in this uh, in these two games, if we can get half of those guys, that would probably be a positive thing because I don't think that a lot of these teams are going to let these guys go play. You won't. No half of them. Look, from the 11 today, mm-hmm. you, may, you may have Ulysses Janis, period. Soto? No, for, from the 11. Oh, from the starting sorry, 11. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, there was a Ledesma. lot of talent on the bench, too, mind you. you a may lot have of young the, talent you, on the bench. You may have Ledesma, you may have Soto. Yeah. And I like Ledesma. But that's that was it. good. Yeah, that combination worked out well today. All right. Well, we'll we'll get into Olympic qualifying, Christ, uh, as that approaches a little bit closer. But we need to turn our attention on this podcast to MLS because it is playoff week, gentlemen. Playoffs are here. I told you last week to go through all the matches. We're going to go through winners. You can play along at home. It's the honor system. So somebody write down Roberto's picks. Okay, <laughs> here we go. If you're, if you're going to go through the honor system, you're, you're going to the wrong guy with me. That's for sure. All right. Let's start with the playing games. Uh, John Rojas, New England against Montreal. You are hot on Montreal coming into the playoffs. Are they your pick? <sighs> yes. Oh, hesitation. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm totally hesitant, but, but I want Montreal to do it. And I think they have not only tools to do it, but the heart to do it. Okay. Glenn Crooks, who you got in that first match? My boy, Brooklyn-born Bruce Arena. 
Let's go, man. Beat the Frenchman. That's what I say. I want the New Yorker to win that one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Roberto, who do you have in that first matchup? I, I'm with John. I'm with John on this one. I, I, I think that um, that New England, I mean, they have a hard time scoring sometimes. And uh, I, I think that Montreal plays fearless. So uh, they can get their act together, which I think they can. I think that Montreal can definitely pull up the offset over there in, uh, in Gillette. Yeah, I just like the way Montreal, their attitude coming into the playoffs. New England's just too up and down for me, so I will take the visitors, the number nine seed. Yeah. How about that? The visitors right. at Gillette Stadium, where everybody comes in and does so well. You guys they're, are all going to be 0-1. Here we go, next. Okay. They're being visitors for the last three months. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. did, you actually, did you actually watch the video of Thierry Henry talk with yes. the team? Yeah, the I enjoyed after that. After the yeah. game? That's I so retweeted good. that one. Yeah, I did. So I mean, good. it was good. Yeah, it yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. Okay, battle of the expansion sides. Nashville against Inter Miami. Miami gets in on the last regular season game of the year. Nashville has been fairly consistent all season long. They don't excite you too much offensively, but they're a solid team. They find ways to get goals and, and get wins. They're the number seven seed. Miami is your number 10 seed. John Rojas, start us off. Nashville. I mean, I think Miami can do it, especially after uh, Alonso's message to the public and to his players. We have nothing to lose from now on. But uh, I think the consistency that Nashville has been showing lately is going to help them. Glenn Crooks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Nashville and John. Uh, I just think they're uh, for a playoff game, a, a, a knockout game. They're just, they're more disciplined than Miami. And I think that will uh Win the day. Roberto Abramowitz, who do you like? I like Miami. Uh, I mean, I, I know that Pizarro probably won't be there because of uh, he's got to come back from the national team and he doesn't. there's not enough time and all that. But um, I, I think Higuain is going to... Um, is going to pay dividends in this game and uh, get Higuain? a win for Inter Miami. Uh, the one that plays. <laughs> which which well, <laughs> Gonzalo, nice. the one that, that plays. That means Federico. The one that plays is Federico. Federico. Federico Higuain. Yeah, I keep on getting them confused. They're like uh, brothers or something. I'm going to take Nashville at home. We're going to skip the four or five matchup. We're going to come back to, of course, Orlando, New York City FC. Let's look at some other round one matchups. Columbus, Zellerion, and the crew hosting the New York Red Bulls. John Rojas taking the, uh, taking the home side. Yeah, I mean, that's a really tough matchup because they're not doing well. Neither of the two. I mean, Columbus is just like inconsistent lately and Red Bulls, I don't know what it actually they're doing lately. Uh, but I'm going to go with the with the home side with Columbus. But who do you got? I think the Red Bulls pull one off just... Um, this is this is the kind of game that uh, they can win. I think at the back, uh, you know, Columbus, you know, Mensa is uh, a bit up and down. The pressure, the Red Bulls, they they put it on the road. They put the same at home, and uh, I think it may disrupt what's going on at the back for Chicago. I could see a turnover there, and and a big goal for the Red Bulls. So um, I'm even going to put a score on this one. Red Bulls two one. Oh, all right. Ooh. All right, I like it. A little extra side action. I'm going to take Columbus at home. All right, we're again. We're going to close with New York City uh, FC. Hello. And, oh, yes. Excuse me. Do I not count? I'm oh, I thought here. you were already. <laughs> Roberto, go ahead. 
Hello. Hi, I'm Roberto. Sorry, Galloway. I was scrolling I'm down the list. Of Go ahead. City we're, no, we're, uh, we're going to get to you for the NFL pick soon. So uh, we need, yeah, we need I'm leading everywhere, by the way, in those. So <laughs> yeah. just uh, just for you to know. Anyway, the team's Wait, hold on, three hold on, times hold on. this year. Do you, yes. do, you have, do you have your credentials there? I have something better than a credential for you, by the way. Where is it? I got to find <laughs> this here. And this would be. Hold on one second. <laughs> oh, nice. oh. Ah, I've got one of those. We got got those at the convention last year. Yes, we did. Anyway, I'm showing him a red card for those of you who don't have video because this is an audio podcast. A red card is not a referee. So go ahead with your picks. Now we understand. Anyway, so the teams have met three times this year. Okay, Columbus won two of them and tied one, including beating them at Red Bull Arena. And I don't see any reason for anything to change. So we're going to. we're going to stick with uh, Columbus winning. By the way, John, I have the same color bottle you do. Did you see that? We both have the same woody uh, not, not, Yeah, color doesn't mean quality. You both, <laughs> well, mine you is both, obviously better. Do you, both you. Have, uh, do you both have mate in there? No, 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 no. The bottle has water for me. The mate. Well, I know. Mate, yeah, I see the mate. Yeah, you've got, you, so you've got your double-fisted, John. Yeah, yeah. it's got yeah. to. Got you on recording this podcast. All right. Let's go over to the Western Conference. John Rojas, Minnesota and Colorado Rapids back in the playoffs. Minnesota has been uh, one of the more surprising teams all season long. They are the number four seed. They host Colorado. This game is on Sunday, 730 Eastern time. What? Who do you like in this one? You know how many players Minnesota is missing? Four? Probably six. I was going to say 11, but okay. Yeah. No. Not <laughs> that bad. Uh, and, Colorado, and Colorado only played half of the season. Yeah, so. Colorado's more rested. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Minnesota plays at home, though. <clears throat> and I want Colorado to win. Okay, Glenn, who do you like? The Rapids, because uh, in this Rest. surreal season of MLS 25th anniversary, COVID-19 pandemic stuff, the Rapids, they might win it all. Not having played like seven games because uh, because of all their cases. So hopefully everything's cool now. And there were seven uh, additional cases in MLS. Not all teams announced that. I know Seattle had one, but uh, in the most recent survey. So we hope it's not the Rapids. We hope it's not the Rapids. Yeah, let's Berto, who do you not. like? Roberto, so, like? Anyway, uh, I'm everybody's going with a with a Rapids and uh, Minnesota's missing too many players. And I I don't know. I, there, there's something about the way Colorado finished the season and they beat Portland and they beat Houston and uh, they're peaking at the right time, although they've had two weeks off. But uh, we will see if they're able to to, to bring that to, to bring that forward. They're coming out of preseason. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm going to take Minnesota at home. All right, let's move to the 3 6 matchup. John Rojas, Portland hosting FC Dallas. Who do you like? Portland is the very favorite every step of the way. And uh, it's, it's just, you know, FC Dallas is a good team, but it will be a really tough out uh, against Portland. That would be the upset of well, the, the putting round, no yep. question. Because and I love what Luch is doing, and I like the team, but 
There's no question. Yep. I got Portland too, Tom. Okay. I've got Portland, but I mean, I think Dallas is going to make a game of it. D- Dallas is going to make. Yeah, we're not up. asking for the game. I'm asking for the favorite. I'm just telling you how I feel. <laughs> you settle down over there in Boston. <laughs> All right, I'm taking Portland as well. So it's a Portland. This is sweep. why New York has such oh, issues with Boston, by the way. <laughs> oh, you know exactly what? Exactly this. You know what? I be the different now, Tom. What? No, because you're choosing Portland too. Oh. You don't want to be. No, no, no. I'm. I'm, I'm with you guys on this one. Okay. All right. He the, wants to be able to go back there at some point right. without, without getting killed. Yeah, exactly. Number one versus number eight, Sporting KC versus San Jose. Last week, John Rojas said, I don't want anything to do with San Jose. You exactly. taking the number eight seed? Yes, San Jose is going to win it. Ooh, okay. I like, I like Kansas, but the way San Jose approaches this kind of game is just insane. Glenn, you going with the, the number eight seed as well? I think so. I have to admit, I, I don't have a real good read on this game. Uh, my Sporting KC viewing this year has been very limited. I've seen San Jose more. I think with all this time to prepare, uh, I'll pick San Jose just based on the emotion of the moment, what they've been through, where they are now. And uh, you talk about nothing to lose. They've got nothing to lose. Totally, yeah. Doesn't Kansas City have a couple of uh, important injuries right now? Guys out? Is Polito? What's Polito? What's Polito's deal? No, he was he was uh, he was uh, muscular injury. I think he will be ready for the game. You think so? That makes it a little bit tougher. But uh, I don't know. I I I like the way Pelado Almeida's teams play. (laughs) I just really do. They're fun. They go they go for it, and uh, it might be the right the right recipe. to be able to do that in Kansas City. So I, I think I'm going to go with the upset on that one as well. Peter Vermees may not be happy. I'm I'm going with Peter Vermees. I just like his experience in, in the playoffs. He's not playing, though. That's true, but neither is Almeida. So. Yeah, but he's playing the kids. <laughs> that is true. All right, so I'm the only one taking Sporting KC. All right, guys. Is anybody writing these down? So we don't oh, all on, lie it's on, next week. It's on tape. All it's on tape. I'm, recorded. I'm recording the podcast. <laughs> I don't. I still don't trust you. <laughs> I'm glad you, you recorded edit, it. You, you also have editing capabilities. So I uh, do. I do. That is very true. All right. Let's go to the matchup. We are all excited about. It is Saturday. It is a noon start. So get up bright and early. Get your coffee. Get your breakfast, Glenn. Uh, we look forward to this broadcast. I'm sure Roberto does. On the Spanish side, New York City FC. Wait, Tom. Yes. You missed one on the West Coast. What did I miss? The big game. LAFC. They just stopped oh, I, that's right. I'm sorry. Yes, I missed one. Yes. LAFC and Seattle. Seattle Sounders. No. Yes, no, I'm sorry. Less than the down. champion. That's I didn't scroll down far enough on my that's sheet. That's a big one to skip over, man. Yeah, that really. Is. Well, okay. you know, again, Portland. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you have? All right. Seattle at home. John Rojas. Uh, it's really tough. LAFC is not having four players. Remember now, oh, right, right. the two Ecuadorians tested positive while with the national team. That's a rough uh, one for LAFC, huh, John? This yeah, is Sounder is having uh, Rudy is coming back from international duty. He will play if he is negative when he comes in. Uh, it's really tough. Um... Listen, I think Seattle is going to win, but if LAFC wins this matchup, 
LAFC will be the champion. Wow. Bold statement. All right. Glenn, who do you like? Yeah, Seattle at home. And part of it's the LAFC uh, departures. And part of it's Seattle at home. (laughs) No fans. (laughs) No fans, but still, it's an odd. They're uh, tough. One of those odd places to play. And. Yeah. Did they pipe in the, the uh, I wonder if they yes. pipe in the fan sound there at, yes, at that they stadium do. they do? They are doing it. Yep. Hey, how about, how about the number of supporters that were at the USA match today? You know, uh, this, this FS1, uh, crowd, uh, the fake noises. You didn't have, I don't to know why it, it bothers me so much. It just, but you didn't have to listen to it. You go online and you bring that. They have two broadcasts. They have one with the sound I'm watching, and one without it. I'm not going to go online when I'm watching the game on TV. I'm gonna be that way. You can it's like reading a newspaper again. And you don't need to, again. On TV, all right. It is on TV. Jesus. You have you have either Roku or Apple TV or a Fire Stick, and you just go and you stream the game on you your have, TV. You have to understand. You know why? Why is it such an effort to watch a God blessed soccer game, the U.S. Men's National Team, to watch it the way I want to watch it? It's just, not. It's two steps. It's not two steps. Yes, you put it in an auxiliary. You you fire up Apple I'm, TV. You hit FS1. Okay, so it's three steps, and then you then you hit the link for the game. How hard is this? You absolutely. Have to click your finger. You have to click your thumb four different times, and God. you're bitching. Oh, I'm I'm bitching. It, I should turn my TV on and not have to hear like like there's forty thousand supporters for the U.S. at the game. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I prefer it. All right. I Next. prefer the crowd. I don't know. I don't even know where we were, right. Tom. I'm supposed right. to tell you Tom, who wins I'm... between Seattle and L.A. Yes. After the 90-90 debate, let's right. go back to 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roberto, who do you like? I'd, I'd like for Glenn to get an Apple TV. Well, that's not good. Uh, I have it. No, I have Apple Plus. I'm going to watch the Springsteen. It's thing. not Apple. Pl- okay, whatever. It's Apple TV, but fine. You have Apple Plus. Congratulations. Springsteen should be good. Uh, I, I like Seattle for, for this game. There's just too many important players for LAFC going to be out, and I think it's going to be hard for them to overcome it, even though Vela is back and uh, he played a full game, but uh, I still think there's too much to overcome. Yeah, and but if we remember, back in the day, LAFC made their MLS debut in Seattle. And nothing. What was the result? Back when you could just turn on a TV and watch the soccer. I don't remember. What was the result? I don't remember. Seattle won. I don't know. It was two to one or three to one. Those were. There you have it. There you have it. No. Those were simpler times when you could just turn on a TV and watch a soccer game. Yes, where he could take, where he could get up <laughs> on the tele- he could get up. Well, to the I'm TV happy and change the dial by hand. No, no, no. And he was I'm, like, once they went over thirteen, he was I'm like, happy. Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm happy without, except with the exception of the paywall. I'm happy to have these alternative sites where you can watch a lot of different games. That's that's so. Don't misconstrue this. I want to turn the game on and watch it the way I want to watch. I don't want to have to go into, you know, some sort of area of uh, technology that <laughs> you know what they could have done you know what they could have done just to make you happy and people like you happy put that version on sap because fs1 doesn't put spanish on sap they could have put the crowd or the non-crowd version on sap oh. audio that's yeah. the way that they could have done it and used it but nobody yeah. over there thought of it so 
That's right. that. I'm they taking can pay me Tom, for this. Tom, I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't know how to do that either. So go right. ahead. Hold on, Tom. But uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm really sorry with Roberto. <laughs> but but you know when when he wants to throw out stuff just to throw out stuff, I just I just gotta say it. Yeah. Okay. So the first game of LAFC was in Seattle, and LAFC won one zero oh. with a goal from Diego Rossi. <laughs> Thank you, John. Let's keep going. Roberto rewriting history again. All right. It happens. That's why. Look, it was a while. We're all taking Seattle. That's the point. That's the point. All right. Now the matchup we have all been waiting for Orlando, New York city, FC noon, Saturday, get ready. Now get your rest, get your breakfast, get your coffee, whatever you need to do. Glenn Crooks. Let's talk with this matchup. And is New York city going to get it done on the road in Orlando? I think so. This might be an unfair statement because I've I've really liked Oscar Perea over the years. When I heard that he, when he was at FC Dallas, he would go to the U-12 Academy games and sit on the bench and be with the players. I love that aspect of him. But I'm also a little sick of him, I have to say. You know, just, <laughs> I, 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 um, I don't know. It's just, you know, the culture thing and. He seems to he seems just too boasty to me. He, he boasts too much about, you know, what he's done. I, you know, and maybe he's led into it in these interviews. I don't know. I just I, I want more humble. I want humble. I'm a, I'm a hum. I'm a hungry, humble kind of coach. And that's the way you should treat your teams and, and the rest of the league. And I, I don't I don't know. So not only am I rooting for New York City FC because an additional playoff game means we get an additional broadcast. But uh, I, I kind of I, I, I favor New York City FC because I, I think they'll have a special edge in this one. We're going to do a separate podcast with the previous assistant coaches of Glenn Crooks during his tenure at Rutgers <laughs> and see if uh, those words are used to describe him. No, I, I, I look Oscar Perea. He's he's got special qualities. I'm just saying I'm, I'm just I'm like sick of All him right. right now. So All right, it. John Rojas. <laughs> uh, New York City FC has to do it. You know, they have they have to do it. Um, Orlando's missing Galese. Orlando is missing uh, Jackson Mendes, who is playing uh, tomorrow in the starting eleven for Ecuador. Uh, and and New York City FC is missing Callens, right? But New York City FC has a more uh, consistent roster. Uh, they have more to lose. So the mental side has to be with NYCFC. I think they have to do this one and they have to go up and, and wait who they're going to face between uh, the union and, you know, whoever is their rival on the playing round. But, but uh, New York City cannot um, have the luxury or feel the luxury of letting this gear just slip away from them. It's just not. Yeah, I, it's a good it's a good way to look at it, John. And the Collins departure um, is pretty huge, but I, I guess we talked about it last week too. Sebastian Ibiaga is a good professional defender, uh, and he doesn't have some of the qualities of a Collins. But, uh, but that's, you know, that'll be a big, that's... <laughs> You need you need a defender in that position at the uh, left central defense uh, this weekend for sure. I mean that that's that's a role that you you know that's all you want him to do. You, you ask know, him get- the basics. Don't ask him too much. Just right. the basics, and he do the basics well. 
And, you know, despite the fact that, you know, people, I don't know what you think of this, Roberto, but, you know, there's been a lot of, um, I think one of the criticisms of Ronnie Dial is that he hasn't rotated the roster uh, frequently enough or ha- hasn't played. I think, John, you've, you've made, a, made a pretty strong point about this, too, that he just hasn't played enough of the players enough to maybe be ready for this moment if they're called on. But I don't know. I, I, I think um, I think they have a nice little rotation in there, even though Fasavedo's only played in the last 10 minutes or the last five minutes, whatever it might be. You know, he's prepared to come in and help close the game if they've got a one-goal lead, I think. But at the end yeah. of the day, yeah, go ahead, Robert. No, no, I was just going to say that. I mean, I, I, I agree with Glenn. Uh, the, you know, the, the team isn't going to be tired or anything like that because they've had enough rest. Uh, the rotations seem to be strong enough. Uh, you're putting your best 11 out there. And, you know, you love to have a good bench, mind you. Now at least they've got Tajiri Shradi to be able to come off the bench and add an attacking element, which they didn't have for about a month. So that, that that's a positive there. Uh, if they need to, to lock something down or they, they, they need fresh legs, then yes, you've got, um, then you've got Acevedo coming off the bench and you've got, you know, all the other guys uh, who can do this as, as well. Um, this is a team that was built to win, that had redundancy. Yes, you've lost a lot by the fact that Ebert is out and Mitritz is gone, so you don't have those players. But still, this is, and you obviously you've lost James Sands, who uh, who's injured. So this is still a very deep team, and this is it was built to have this depth in case you had these issues. And this is to me is a must game. It's a must series. It's, they have to win this game. This is an absolute disappointment. An absolute disappointment if this team doesn't advance over Orlando. Totally. Is totally. the biggest is the biggest key in your well, I'll ask you guys what you think the biggest key is, but just knowing some of the firepower that Orlando has offensively, and we know how fast Juan is and how quickly he can get up the right side, is the biggest key Mazzarita? And just him being solid in those moments where he has to one-on-one defend? No. You're saying no. No, no. Because I think the biggest key is to do it as a team. Yeah. Yeah, That's actually the key. Not be alone. Not be like an islands on the wings, but do it as a team. You know, be compact moving forward and be compact defending. And at the same time, have the ball as much as you can. Because you cannot run if you don't have the ball. I mean, you can run chasing the ball, but you're not going to run to they make I mean, any damage if you don't have the ball. How they keep the ball is important. But I, I think, you know, and, and you would anticipate they'd have the energy. Um, the way I've always described it, John, numbers around the ball defensively, numbers around the ball, Nani's on the ball, numbers around the ball, Huan's around the ball, numbers around the ball, you know, Mueller, numbers around the ball. And then it's not just one person on an island. It's, it's, there's a cover. There's maybe a third player there. And that takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort, anticipation, getting to places early, all those different things. Uh, if, if you do that effectively, I've always said you're going to have the, uh, a very good chance. And you have the kind of attacking presence in their starting 11 anyway. Um, you know, that's that's going to give them a very good chance in this game. But if they don't have that sort of energy and Orlando moves the ball quickly enough to avoid – those situations, now you got a game. You got a game anyway, but now you got a real game. Also, you, let's you, understand you that. There, right? 
You're going to have it, people on the stands. Yeah, there's going to be some. But let's also understand that it's November. Hey, isn't that ridiculous? Guys, isn't that ridiculous that there's people at the game? Seriously. And you know, we've seen the, the pictures. I mean, we're in a crisis, man. So we've seen the pictures. No mass, limited mass, no social distancing. I, I think it's. I think it's a really, I think it's really poor that MLS hasn't stepped in and closed this down, but go ahead. Uh, uh, I don't even want to get into that, but that's Florida, right? I mean, that's Florida and that's the governor that they have and the things that he allows because of his priorities. And I'm not going to make this a political podcast. To be Uh, fair, he may not know how to put on a mask. (laughs) Then there's that because he did put it on backwards. I do remember that when he put it over his head, when it was supposed to go to year to year, it was just idiotic. Amazing. Uh, uh, just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, don't, don't, don't send me in that direction. Uh, let's get Roberto started here. Let's don't send me in that direction. Um, hey, listen, they're, they're, they're big, they're big, tune in, Apple important. and Spotify all allow political commentary. So go ahead. <laughs> the, the, the difference of this game being held in November as opposed to being held in September or, or August is the temperatures. So right now the forecast is for partly cloudy skies and 81 degree temperatures as the high. Uh, humidity will be higher. The humidity is going to be probably somewhere above 50 to 80, somewhere in that vicinity. But if you don't have the sun beating down on you and it's 81 or 79 to 81 at that point in the day, it's a huge difference than playing at noon, you know, where it's 95 and 95. All right. So that works to New York City's advantage. Not we all huge well, look, you're right, Roberto. We but, all remember MLS's back tournament. And how yeah, I mean, it was it, it was really, really, uh, it was really, really hot. Well, and, I don't, but uh, I don't see how the noon kickoff works to New York City's advantage. It might work to an advantage that it's a different time. Of the year. Normally, the, but if you wanted to play this game, the optimum time would be 8 p.m. Well, so that it's cooled down. Well, it's cooled down a bit, but 81 isn't horrible. It's not 91. Every single game, every single game in every location, night time, feel wet. That's the great condition of play. Yes, but it's going to be daytime and they're going to wet the field and it's going to be warm, but it's not going to be oppressive. And so New York City can play more of the type of game that it wants to play without them running out of steam. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't run out, but they're going to be able to play more of it. And uh, we'll see. I mean, the conditions aren't going to be as horrific as they normally are in Orlando for most of the MLS season. You got Maxi Morales and Tati Castellanos in form. You got Gary McKay, Steven making positive contributions. Um, yep. Medina, Medina with a said mind that he never yeah. showed it in MLS until now. Yep. Medina. I mean, so the, 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 the strategy probably coming out of the bench. Off the bench, you got Parks and Rings sitting in behind Maxi. So your front six is really, you know, you know, it's a good like you've said before, John. You know, it's a good eleven. I don't think anybody can argue with the eleven right now. And, and you know, by you the way, you don't have Matrizzi, you don't have Ever. So what are you going to do? So you have Glenn. Gary McKay, Steven. That's what you got to go with. But you yep. missed one thing: the guy who uh, who Oscar Pereja fears the most, Anton Tinnohom. That's not true. Was it, did, did, wasn't it against Orlando that, uh, wasn't it against Orlando? Who was it that they put in the midfield just to try to comp, just to try to stop Tinnerholm? Wasn't that against Orlando? No, I mean, they're going to be conscious of him and, and understand that he can, you know, well, he had a goal and an assist in the 3-1 win over Orlando City. So yeah. that, that, that strategy really worked if, if that really actually happened. 
No, but I'm not saying no. Um, I, I'm uh, just saying that's. It, he, I'm trying to remember, Roberto. I know what you're talking about. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was Orlando. No, I don't think it was Orlando. But but let me go. Let me go to uh, a point there when when Glenn mentioned the six guys up front are really good, and that is true. The mistake that New York City FC had to avoid is attack with six, defend with four. Right. Because yeah, that know. is going to actually break the game and the spaces are going to be in favor of Orlando. Roberto, just FYI, you're thinking of the Toronto matchup. Was it the Toronto matchup? Yeah, where they were focused on center home is the key. One more strike. Yeah, I, I think it is you that one. Even, I apologize. I do you apologize. You didn't, even, you didn't even have the right country. <laughs> Excuse me, they're playing in Connecticut. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. I'll give you that Last one. I checked, Connecticut was still part of the United States. That's not foul ball. That is foul ball. That's right. All right. Let's bring this one home. Glenn Crooks, uh, where can people listen to the English broadcast? Well, that'll be on the New York City FC network, which is English and Spanish, nycfc.com slash radio. Uh, and... Uh, It'll be myself, you, Tom, and uh, Maddie Lawrence on the broadcast. 11.45 will start, including the pregame show with Ronnie Dyla. You can follow me at Glenn Crooks. I would appreciate it if everybody um, watched my uh, or listened to my uh, five-part series. I'm replaying a lot of Ronnie Dyla. It's pretty interesting because, you know, I get him for 15 or 20 minutes before every game, record these interviews, and I'm going to do uh, – I'm, I'm calling it – very creative with the title of it. It's called the best of Ronnie Dyla. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, uh, part one is out. If you go to my Twitter, at Glenn Crooks, you'll see it. I'll put it up on uh, Facebook and whatever else I got. Um, but this, uh, the, today, the one I published today, it's the very first interview. It was his very first interview other than the one he did with the, uh, with the club for the website, but it's the first interview, uh, of Ronnie Dyla. And, um, it's pretty interesting, you know, to hear him early on, and then that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to make the progress of how, how he's fit in with the, the team, MLS, being away from home, and, and uh, those sorts of things. So I think uh, I've found him to be a very uh, interesting guy to talk to. You know, he's very introspective. Um, I think he's a nice guy. Uh, I think he, um, he's good to his players and uh, – he, he does think about things outside of soccer. So he's got, you know, there's, there's a lot to this guy and he's got a soccer brain. So I think he's really interested to talk to. And I always tell everybody, you should, if you're going to watch the game or listen to the Spanish broadcast, at least listen to the pregame of the English so you can hear Ronnie because there's stuff on there that nobody else has. So that's you, that. You should try and get Pareja and just instead of doing an interview, just tell him to, just to tone it down a little bit. You've had a little too much of him. I would love to get Pereja on my uh, show, The Coaching Academy. I would love that. Oh, this week on The Coaching Academy, a guy, you, no one's going to know who this guy is, but his name is Des Buckingham. He is the assistant manager for Melbourne City, a city football group uh, property. This dude is brilliant. He, will, he, will, uh, he was the U20 and U23 New Zealand coach. They let him go. New Zealand qualified for the Olympics. And then with, you know, everything going on with COVID, uh, they released him. They called it for budget reasons, but it, it's really something else. Um, but go back and see what this guy's done with the U20 and U23 New Zealand. Um, he's, he's, uh, I, he's brilliant. And uh, he will make his way uh, uh, up the coaching ladder at some point. Okay, that's it. Glenn, I you miss it with the title of the chats with Ronnie. What do you mean? 
It had to be the Ronnie Dylaris. A very nice job. <laughs> Maybe I'll change that. I'll just That's change it midstream. I'll yeah. just stay, I'll just do that now. <laughs> Perfect. Roberto, tell us where the Spanish broadcast can be heard. Well, as Glenn said, uh, all of our games uh, can be heard through TuneIn, and all you have to do, the easiest thing to do, is go to nycfc.com slash radio. Now, once you get to the TuneIn station, you can make it a favorite, and then you can just go straight there all the time because we expect to be the more broadcast this season. We will see. Okay. Uh, Ariel Judas and myself will start again at 1145. And uh, if people go and uh, l listen to Glenn's pregame and blows our and blow ours off, fine, you know, just come back for the broadcast. That's okay. We'll we'll allow. No, th those interviews with uh, Ronnie are very good. I miss Dome because I was able to do my own interviews with Dome, who spoke Spanish. Ronnie doesn't speak Spanish. His wife does, but that doesn't help me. It no. doesn't help me at all. But anyway, so um, that'd be great if on the pregame show of the Spanish, it was Ronnie's wife. <laughs> It, it, you never know. It might be more interesting. You just never know. If you yeah. ask the right questions, you may get some interesting answers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. At well, you know, Rob that's not, it's not his. It's not his wife, by the way. It's his girlfriend. Right. Um, no. The Ronnie right. Dyla story. Uh, his he, he is divorced. He, oh, his the wife, mother. The mother of her daughter. Yeah, the the twin daughters who play uh, handball. You know, like professional handball in Norway. Mm -hmm. um, that's and his ex-wife is there with them. And then he's with his um, partner and a, a four-year-old daughter that they conceived together. So that's the Ronnie. Duck. See, so and you'll learn that you'll learn that you'll learn that in episode one of the Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Dylaris. <laughs> and you probably know that she her uh, his partner is Colombian. Yes. yes. And that they got produces daughters. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. So anyway, you can you can follow me at on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz. You can also follow me on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, which is just with one F and not two because that's in Spanish mostly. And I'm also on Instagram at Roberto Abramowitz. So go follow, engage. I chat with everybody. I'm very open that way. Mm -hmm. So uh, come on down and we'll we'll debate. Okay. I might do some politics as well every so often. I've been known Very true. to do that. John Rojas? I well, know. people can follow me on jrojas875. That is on Twitter. And uh, if, you, if you understand Spanish, if you want to enjoy a debate in Spanish, we are doing a really nice show uh, live. But, it's, of course, it's going to be tape recorded and then... Uh, be on every platform after that. Uh, eight, hold on, two, four, five, six, eight voices, uh, Spanish, Latino voices from around MLS, like uh, Felipe Cárdenas, who does English and Spanish. Of course, he works for Alet the Athletic. Roberto Abramovic, Ariel Judas, myself, Fernando Ceballos, Maximiliano Bretos, and, you know. But it, wait, you said it's live. You guys are doing a live We're going to do it live with video and we're going to have Jamar Gomez Andrade who is the Seattle Sounders center back he's going to be with us during the show and wow. that's going to be in Spanish we're starting uh, Wednesday 8.30 Eastern time you can follow um, Pulso Sports because there's the two outlets that are we're working on it Jugador Franquicia and Pulso Sports 
Who's going to translate it? Nobody. You just enjoy <sighs> it. Just hey, you know, John, you post the uh, the um, pro referees uh, VAR review? report review, and I was so impressed because I didn't know this. I don't know, you know, Greg Barkey might not be a familiar name to people. I didn't know he spoke Spanish. Yes, he does. And that he did because uh, you put it up there, and I saw the Spanish, you know, you know, some of the writings as you introduced it. So I clicked on it because I was like. All right, there'll be Spanish subtitles. And he, he does it in Spanish. He does it in Spanish and that, English, yeah. So every that video that he prepares is in both languages. That I, mean, is, I, in I, I wrote him a note. Uh, Greg Barkey, by the way, he, he's the, uh, for, uh, for pro, he like runs the VAR. He's the director of, of VAR, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then that stuff is up there on YouTube. So anybody that's interested in VAR reports, man, go up there and get them. Every single week. Every All right. Week. I'm at C. Kolker. I'm looking forward to the broadcast. We'll know it's going well for New York City FC if Matt Lawrence does not say the phrase shambolic defending more than <laughs> twice. If it's, over to- if it's over two, it could be a long afternoon. Because when it's not going well, that's what he says. He's playing in the right. afternoon. As Roberto told it, the, the prime, the best time for New York City to be playing that game in Orlando City, 12 noon, baby. Go All for right. it. Looking forward to it, guys. For Glenn Roberto and John, I'm Tom. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.